What's going on, everyone? It's Mitch from Respect My Region here with another episode of the RMR podcast. Today, special guest Mario Guzman, a.k.a. Sherbinsky. How are you doing today, Mario? Doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate appreciate you uh, coming coming on today, man. Every episode we kick off with uh, our guest origin story around the plant, the plant being cannabis. So just kind of curious, uh, well, it's personal, professional, a little bit of both. When, when you and cannabis kind of started your relationship together? Um, first relationship with cannabis, smoked uh, a joint with my sister when I was around 11 or 12 years old on the side of my house. Didn't get me really high. Uh, fast forward to high school. Growing up in California, Northern California, I was just exposed to really good weed. <clears throat> and so, you know, friends of friends, brothers, family, you know, people in high school, older brothers that, you know, there was always like good flower around. And so, you know, I was blessed to grow up in California and, um, you know, the rest has kind of got into growing when I moved to the Bay. Yeah. And that's, I, I was going to ask like, what, what, what started kind of the, you know, what started growing and when did you really develop like an interest in like genetics and breeding? Um, when I saw kind of how simple and how difficult it is at the same time, you know, and I just started playing around with seeds and, you know, discovering things and reading and I just kind of fell in love with it. And I learned that I did a really good job of, um, I didn't think so at the time, but, you know, in terms of keeping records and notes, I was doing that like really early on. Um, so I just fell in love with that process and getting people's reactions and, you know, just having fun with it. What was, what's kind of been, was your early intention in terms of like coming up with new genetics or pheno hunting? Like what, what, what was the, I guess the inspiration and initially, I'm sure it graduated a lot as you had a more appreciation for the plant and learn more, but that initial like dive into it, what kind of inspired that? I mean, honestly, man, in the beginning, it was just to pay my bills, you know, and it was, I didn't look at it as, as a passion. I didn't look at it as, uh, I didn't realize how the plant was going to speak to me and I would, you know, get this relationship that I, that I have with it now, it was just really just pay my bills and put food on the table. And um, it quickly, you know, evolved, as you said, um, into more. And, you know, before we get too much into it, I, I do got to give your flowers. I'm not sure if I got a chance briefly when we when we rub shoulders in Chicago. Uh, but man, I mean, some of the genetics you're responsible for, I think, are of, of the last decade you know, plus, but especially this last decade have been the most popular genetics for a for cannabis consumers, but I'd say also pop culture. If we look at the amount of references of strains from rappers, whether it's in interviews or actual songs like your your genetics or the things that have spawned off of your genetics, I'd say are like a clear winner, right? Like pre that I know like OG Kush is, has been around forever and is still up there. But I'd say the last 10 years, I'd say gelato and the, the subsidiaries of, of Gelato and Sure, you know, being runs, permanent markers, some of these things that have been birthed from what, what came from you have been super impactful. What was the kind of the initial look when you were coming up with, with those original Sherb strains, kind of where you've derived, you know, this this moniker from? What, what was the, the goal when you started exploring those genetics or playing in that lane? Before I get into that, shout out to Little Wayne. If you guys haven't heard it, to the homie. Um, his, uh, one of his songs is about a month old now. It's called cat food. 
but uh, download that song. And uh, Gelato is my favorite strain, you know. And this was just point being is I, I never paid for any marketing. I never went and gave out tons of weed to people. Uh, it just connected with the community and the culture. And it's it's interesting that even after all these years, Gelato in June is going to be 10 years old. Um, you know, so it's like there's been it just keeps on going the legacy is there and um uh it's it's i love seeing it still alive and well you know absolutely like and like i said i mean the, the what's you know the component i think of gelato right i think comes obviously from the sherb right like if you like gelato you probably like sherb and, and if you like that that you know that flavor profile again that's what you find in ruts and permanent marker and if we look at the strains of the years of these last Sherbert is the parent to gelato. Right, right, yeah. So it's the people it just kind of carried on that way. You know. And that and that's where like for me, right? Like anytime there's a cross that has sherb in it and it's a prominent on that, I just feel like I'm personally gonna like it, right? Like I always have been, you know, you know, not not to blow smoke up 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 up, up your skirt just because we're talking, but all the homies yeah, the know. world has already spoken so yeah yeah we don't we don't have to you know, world if spoken. it's got some heavy sherb that's just like a flavor that just is like it's so unique and just like it just when i first had that when i first smoked it and i grew the first batch and i remember sitting with a pound of it and at this time this was 13 years ago 14 years ago like a, a pound of sherbet didn't exist Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Imagine. And it was, I remember sitting on my couch and look and like naming myself after it. Cause I was like, this is legacy shit. And, and it turned out to be, you know, and I was like, how do I attach myself? And so to this day, sure. Shervinsky, you know what I mean? Yeah. What it created my whole name after it, but it's very medicinal. It's very uplifting. It's I've just time and time again, you know, it's basically, it's changed lives. So it's great medicine. And I'm, I'm sure on that first smoke session, you were like, yo, I got it. <laughs> There's obviously something here. Uh, but what was that intent in getting to that? Like, what were you kind of hunting for? That make led money, you that? make money to have make something money. special, to have something that's different, you know, because everybody had OGs. There was like 10 different varieties of, of OGs, Master Kush, this OG Kush, you, and then the one cut, you know, which was like the SFV basically. Mm -hmm. And that was fetching four plus four to six, you know, on the streets and everything else, no matter what it would, you know, the Asians got a hold of the granddaddy purple and then that shit blank went way down. And you know what I mean? And so it was like you had to have something special. And so when you love what you're doing and then you're you're going through the hunt, you know how competitive it is. I mean, it's the top of the top competitiveness. And then you you have something. And not even take away the word create something you i have something that is like fucking really good then it's like it's the feeling you get is like wow you know if there's breeders or there's growers or they're of the of, even when you do a really good batch it's like that feeling you get when you're like people are going to be stoked i'm going to go and give this to my friends and it's like something special you know and how how long obviously like for genetics you know obviously at this point right whether it's a bat you know people buying seeds directly bag seeds people you know running cuts of people shit out the back door right like it's it's hard to to contain a genetic right 
Um, I look at it like in the music game, it's like sampling, but there's like laws and regulations in place to like enforce that and monetize that. Whereas cannabis, we don't, especially coming out of, you know, 10, said 10, 12 years ago, this shit wasn't even really legal. So there was no legal framework really for anything past kind of this, this medical area. Um, how was it like trying to like, did you know when you had that, I mean, obviously you built the brand off of, off of that initial strain. Was, were you thinking of like, how do I protect this and also take it mainstream? Or is it kind of just that pursuit of like, I got something, let me try and make some money off it. And then it just kind of just grew from there. Um, you know, I did real estate before I really got into this. And so I've always been, you know, somewhat business minded, even early on. And so I always felt like um, turning it into a business was something you know, that I wanted to do whether, or just own businesses, period, whether it was cannabis or other businesses, I own other businesses. And so that's just always something like in the uh, entrepreneurial spirits always been in me since I was young. So this gave me a great opportunity. And it, what interested me so much early on is the potential to make great money, but how new it was that we were literally, you know, laying the foundation brick by brick of like, you know how this is going to be done what does it look like for somebody to grow weed in their garage or their warehouse and what does it look like to go into a store that's never been done before and what does it look like to sell that and create these relationships and so it was exciting it was it, we i knew that we were pioneering something um and you know there was some before us but very few and, and you know i was in san francisco um in the late 90s early 2000s and all of this was just you know blossoming and um, it was an amazing time, to be honest with you. The Bay Area was amazing. Um, uh, the, the, this was, mind you, there was no legal states in the U.S., mm -hmm. only California. Imagine, you know, being, being like we're the only state that's like, hell yeah, Cali, we were the shit. And we had the best weed and we were legal and we were like pushing the envelope and we were these pioneers. And look now where almost the whole country is legal you know, uh, how many states are recreationally legal. So um, it was it was an amazing time, you know, and you fast forward to now, we're still fighting, we're still pushing, but the, the avalanche has already, you know, it's already come. And, you know, so that, that time was uh, just, can't say enough um, about just the excitement of being in that time and being able to, you know, meet the people and the, the old school guys that, you know, drove it forward and then, you know, doing our part. And and on that tip, right, like California's influence on, on cannabis culture, right, it stretches back to like the 70s, right, and and, and 80s, right, like the, the, just the, the, the vibes of California. There's so many like cross references of just cannabis culture and, and California being kind of like the, the capital of that, if you will. How much of it was when you were coming up was kind of like community oriented, whether it's, you know, sharing you know, those, those secrets or, or genetics grower to grower and just being kind of near that epicenter versus like just that competition, right. Of like, that's where a lot of heat was coming with. So like you said, if you wanted to stand out, the pressure was a lot higher in that environment, say, than if you're in Iowa, right. You could come a, a lot more mid and, and separate in the center of the country versus like Cali, if you wanted to make a mark, like you had to make a mark. Yeah. Um, you know, first thing that comes to mind is like shout out to like uh, I wasn't born there, but I, I, I spent five years growing in Mendocino, but Mendocino County, Humboldt County, the Emerald Triangle, 
um, really all the good weed was coming out of here, you know, for a long time, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Um, and so me being growing up in, you know, I graduated in 1994, you know, um, and so going back to the 90s, Humboldt was the shit. That's where all the good weed came from. And so um, there wasn't a lot of indoor grows at all. It's, it's like if you want a good weed, it came from the hill. And, and, you know, I always had a friend with an older brother and a Toyota pickup truck with a camper. And we'd roll up to Garberville and pull up to the gas station and look for the hippies. And then we'd be like, and then literally they'd just be like, what do you want? And if you wanted a hundred, if you wanted a box, if you wanted one, if you wanted a half pound, if you wanted a zip, you could get it. And it was an interesting time. And then we'd drive our two hours back to, you know, Roseville where, you know, where I went to high school and you were the shit, you know what I mean? And you like, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a, you know, some dark parts of that, of that, you know, because of all the people that got busted and went to jail and prison and, you know, all of the that side of it that changed when it got legal um you know legal but it definitely was a totally different time and so it created a really it was a really high value for these things if you had like some fire but uh you know let me you know get to get back to your point um yeah just w from what you're saying just just northern california our culture um did I answer your question or was there a, a second yeah, part? To yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just kind of like what 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 was is it the community, you know, how much of it, I guess, is community versus like competition, right? That 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 drives, I guess, the progress forward, or is it a mix of both? Um at that time and like to when we let's just say when Sherbert came out and Gelato came out, it was it was everything, you know, like who had the best weed, who was like just the hype of it, it was it's just, it was different. Um, and again, when way, a lot less people have really good quality weed, it's different, right? Now everybody has a gelato this or a Skittles this or a cross of this, like, you know, out there doing their brand and everything. But at that time it didn't, didn't exist, you know? And so that, that's one side of it, but in terms of the community, so that competition I guess where I was going is like that drove it all, you know, because it was like, I mean, so that was always part of it. Um, and there, there was always the community side of it too, you know, where I've always been the type to where I was always open arms too much, you know, to where it was like, yo, we need to carry on the hippie spirit. We need to share brother. You know, it was like, I come from that, you know, where I grew up in Sacramento and, I played drums and I learned how to drum and drum circles and I hung out with hippies like from the Sacramento area that had sheets of acid and mushrooms and back in the early 90, 91, 92, 93. So I come from a community culture, you know, like the Grateful Dead was just in 1994 was their last show. Jerry died. But before that, there was a heavy Grateful Dead um, community that was just coming to an end, you know, and but I got to go, you know, to the parking lot, not even the shows in Sacramento a couple of times. And that community is like what went on to like create Burning Man and such. Mm -hmm. These these people that were leading this shit and then like people from San Francisco and Baker's Beach um, and these, these, these people that had all the plugs and all the dope drugs and all the good weed. And, and when you speak of community, that's the deeper subculture community um, that's there. 
uh, that's, you know, always, always, you know, important in, in the, in cannabis has been a huge part of that. Yeah. It, it, and it's funny to hear, right. That, that, that has a place in your, in your story, right. Cause we look at all, you know, I, I've spent some time with like chem dog, right. And like his whole, his whole like essence, right. Was derived from like the parking lots of grateful dead concerts. Right. And there's been a lot of other, you especially look at like the East coast and just how. And I don't even know their history. I know somewhat and that time frame, but it speaks to the, the culture, you know, Right, of, right. Of and I caught that he's a little older than me, but I caught what that was about. And I met these people. And, you know, you, you, you're looking for sheets of acid and you meet some dude named Cricket. And he's like got some weird hat and like breaks out the best acid you've ever had in your fucking life, changes you and all your friends' lives. Facts. Yeah. You know, and you come out of those sheets when they're all done and dispersed, you come out of it, you're different. Yeah, yeah, that bro, yeah. that's hella fun. It's, it's, it's. Uh, just thinking about that, the, the impact that, that Grateful Dead has had. It's <laughs> on. This on, is facts. Yeah, this is facts. Well, I'm glad that we actually it took this turn, because we could have a whole podcast like about that. Like when I was in high school, if you know, they would have all that on Dat. You guys probably don't even know about this, but like it was called Dat, like a little. Little, but if you had the music, it was on DAT, and it was like having the masters basically of, of whatever, and then you could create cassettes off of the DAT. Mm. And so, if you had a Grateful Dead cassette, this was 90s, early 90s. See, sets you couldn't go online and get it, you couldn't. There was if you didn't have the cassette, it wasn't. And a lot of these sets, like they were from DAT, and so the people that had the good weed, the good acid, the good drugs, the good everything else would have the good tapes and cassettes and so there was a whole culture around that with the music that was like people that know from that time they know it was so fucking sick because you're doing all the acid the mushrooms you're in this lifestyle and then you have that grateful dead take you to jerry take you to the fucking moon when you're high and it's like gold so that's why the dead had so much swag because they like they had the best drugs they fucking threw the best concerts but yeah, and, and especially Northern California and the Bay Area, and even now that I think about it, even the effects that they had in so many ways, you know. Yeah, yeah, your, your, your plug's plug was at the parking lot of the Grateful Dead concert. Period. You, you're like, what? They're coming into town? You got tickets? Nope. And then you'd walk around and you'd be like, miracle, miracle. And then every once in a while, you'd see people just go give tickets to people. And so, yeah. It's cool. It was like a whole thing. Like, what's the miracle? What's that? And they'll be like, oh, that's just some hippie that's like high as shit and praying that someone's going to like think they're cool and give them a ticket. And then yeah. you see them hug and like, oh, and then they go on the show and they're like running around like it's it's a whole fucking thing with a burrito. You could trade like a nug for a fucking vegan burrito. You could trade <laughs> you could get like and then everyone's running around balloons full of nitrous. That was a whole fucking other thing. And it was like, that was a thing. Balloons, burritos, fire. And then you'd see some of the best weed you've ever seen. And it was expensive. And it was like, but you'd see, I'd see weed be like, holy shit, this is. And you'd pick up an ounce and then you'd go back to your little homies and you'd be the shit for like two mo- a month or whatever until they smoked all of it. A week or whatever. It was like, you were the shit. You know, it's like, it was, you couldn't get, there was no access like we yeah. have now. I mean, that's the biggest difference is like how the culture's changed. 
I mean, even this generation, everything's like, oh, yeah, you got the fire, whatever, man. On my app, I get the fucking lemon cherry gelato. It shits right. on that. The, the, the boogie doogie do or whatever the fucking brand that bought some white, you know, some cherry gelatos and stuffed it in their bag. And like this kid that's 19 and shit's getting it delivered to his fucking apartment, you know, <laughs> it's like a whole different thing. But it's safe access. So I do support it in the right. change is like people have safe access now in a way that we didn't back then, which I've always advocated for. And I, you know, is good. Facts. No, it's definitely, it's definitely got diluted. Right. Like I grew up like skateboarding, right. In the yeah. earlier two thousands. And you know, when it was, you know, when, when you'd rock shirts that were like skateboarding's not a crime and now skateboarding's a fucking like Olympic sport. Right. Like we've seen these transitions of things from subculture to, to mainstream. And there's a lot of pros and, and, and cons around that. Um, you know, on the on the theme of like the great again, when I was talking to like Kim and like around the Grateful Dead and just bag seed, right? And I've talked to a couple of breeders up here in Seattle. Um, just the thought, I'm curious your thoughts on like in terms of from a growing standpoint, like actual breeding genetics and bag seeds, right? Because I know there's a lot of genetics out there that are maybe claimed to be created by people. And I know a lot of people, again, I'm not a grower, so I can't speak with authority on that. But they're, you know, behind closed doors, a lot of people are claiming, oh, that's just a bag seed, and they're misappropriating the word created, right, to, mm -hmm. as, as associating with breeding. So I'm just curious your take kind of on, like, breeding versus bag seed and 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 what's truly creating something. Um, bag seeds, just by definition, is it just in nature, even if it's not a herm, you know, um, you'll get a seed or so every once in a while in batches. <clears throat> if someone finds a seed in something I sold or they got and they pop it and they put in the time and effort and it turns out to be something fire, that's theirs. You know what I mean? Does that mean they created where the seed came from or they made that lineage? No, but I do feel like as the plant moves in that direction, like certain ownership of that work goes to that person and just just through nature you know what i mean it's like i can't stop that so when someone goes at if i go and i'm like oh you gotta see it and you, you you did something dope with it and it's fire it's like you know a lot of time would i breed with that no but do i promote and and i don't actually promote i don't mind people that actually think it's cool if you find something and you can make something out of that then good for you because you that's we used to call that fortune cookies like because mm. there was cookies was unstable in the beginning and it had seeds and we just call that fortune cookies because if you found one of those seeds it's like a, it's a fortune for you mm. you know and so it's so i don't mind bag seeds so that's one way someone can get a variety a cut of a genetic that no matter how tight you hold it it's going to get out there in one way or the others through nature and time so when we release things or whatever, I know, okay, I have this amount of time because someone's going to find it. They're going to pop it. They're going to post it. And, and then they're going to start calling it what I call it. And then I got six months, I got a year. And then it's like, it's like, however, gelato is exploded into a million different things. And it's been 10 years. And if you look at a lot of the top nurseries and things like that, still in, in California and these other States, gelatos are at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in terms of big, big, large sale production, even so, you know, there's a lot of levels clones. I think there's there's definitely like sticky hands in nurseries and workplaces, like people that get paid 20 bucks an hour 
and they have access to genetics that are really worth millions of dollars and they get taken and you know it's it's part of the deal and you know a lot of these guys are, aren't being treated great and they don't make much money and they see an opportunity and they you know so that's one way things also get out um uh we sell i don't i i I don't ever really sell seeds, you know, like there's certain little things that I do and to be able to get other varieties or genetics I want, but I've never um, really like focused on, I've done a few things recently, just internationally, just to really research more than anything and kind of create some relationships. But um, I don't, I don't see a big uh, benefit in like selling seeds. If I put something out there, it's the real deal. It's the real gelato. I stand behind it. And, you know, I think, and I'll, I'll do regs, um, you know, not just femmes. So meaning I'll have males in there too. So if I do do a reg drop, people will be able to actually use the real gelato genetics to breed, you know, and do breeding. So to speak of like breeding to me, you know, people can nerd out, they can do whatever. What I love about it is you could be, a five-year-old, if you put two plants in the room together, they're going to do what they're going to do. As long as the light and everything and the things are, you know, the environment is the way it's supposed to, plants will figure it out. They're going to start flowering. They're going to, oh, this isn't right. I'm going to pollinate this. We're going to do this, you know. And so us as humans, we can sit back and watch and we can really kind of learn from, you know, a lot of patience from in the beginning, you're like, grow, grow, grow. And you're trying to, you learn a lot of patience Can you realize like me standing there staring at them for five hours is not going to make them grow faster. So you learn a lot of patience. Um, so anyways, I, I've always been into the relationship that you, with a plant, you know, and, and it's done a ton for me to go back to what we were talking about earlier, how it's evolved. The evolution for me is uh, when I really started growing was how much the plant did for me. You know, yes, it was fun and it was hype and we had all that stuff, but I loved being in the garden. The, some of the hardest work is like de-leafing, you know, and sitting there on the bucket or, you know, just doing it for hours and hours. And I would just still do it and just love all the process, you know, of, of planting them, harvesting, curing, sharing, you know, kind of falling over that process. Uh, I, fuck, I fuck with that, man. And I appreciate you sharing your insight on that. Um, like you said, you know, you said in there, right, there's been so many different variations of gelato. I know that you created and other people have taken people maybe renamed. What what is do you have like a, a staple that's remained your favorite out of all those cuts or do you kind of have a current? Does it does it change and you got a current one? Mm, you know, Bacho Gelato, you know, 41 is kind of for a long time. That was like the one I rocked and. I had all the gelatos and sherbet, but the bacho I, I ended up growing the most of because it cloned the best. It was pretty easy to grow. You know, it, it pushed out, people loved it. Um, and so I grew that the most out of all of them. Um, and there's been a lot of breeding done with that and it's a really good um, genetic to breed with and it's just been solid. Um, all of the other ones I've grown. Jello is another one that's a sleeper that you know I'm growing now. Some people have had it, but across the country and globally, it's no one's had that one. And that's that's a consistent mid thirty percent. It's got a gassy bubble gum, like when you in extracts, it literally smells like a bubble gum wrapper. You know, I wouldn't describe it as that 
because the taste is with the amount of gas it has, it really changes that. But when you smell it, it smells bubblegum wrapper, but it's, it's fucking, it's incredible. Um, she's a bitch to grow, but really good one. So all the original gelatos are to me the you know, acai berry, a lot of people slept on that one, but the genetics like compound genetics, one of their first things that blew them up. They took a bag seed of acai berry and fucking bred a whole line. And that was one of the first things that they did that, you know, put them on the map like early on. And so some of these things are sleepers and they've with genetics, it takes so much time to put in. If you have a, it takes so much time, even with the best of the best, a lot of the stuff gets skipped over because they're always going next generation, next generation instead of holding on. And that's what I've done with gelato is like, okay, go ahead. The world, I'm never going to keep up with every single breeder around the world. That's going to cross something or have a backseat or have a cut. So just embrace it. And just say, hey, you know, good job. Like, if you're doing a good job, if you're passionate about it, and it's making a career for you, then even more, even better. But these are what's mine. This is what I did, and I'm proud of it. And I'm gonna hold on to these. And um, and also doing a ton of breeding with good friends and people that get down and make seeds with plants that are in soil, and you know, really with the moon and the cycles and things like that, and just you know, get down and realize like with a breeding with with like global business you can't do everything that you maybe you once did you know maybe just because you're not scrubbing you know and watering and doing all the shit you once did doesn't mean that you're not still rooted in that right and we would all love to be in the garden every single day but there's a ton of other shit that needs to happen if you want to grow a business and so um working with great people that you know now um let me pause there. Um, I was going to get into like what's what we're doing globally and kind of what shifted for me. You know, if you're if you want to go that direction. Yeah. yeah let, let, well, we'll do that. But I got one more question before we get to, you know, sure. tie, tie it down with what's next. My, my 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 question precursing that is, you know, you dropped earlier the Lil Wayne bar. What's your favorite hip hop line that's name dropped one of your strains? I mean, just what jumps out is probably Migos. She swallowed the bottle while I smoke while I sit back and smoke gelato. You know, and that, I don't know if you heard it's uh, Calvin Harris and the Migos slide, but that was like that was a big deal because Migos at that time were like the top fucking group. I mean, across all genres, they were probably the biggest group globally. Um, rest in peace, takeoff. Uh, and, and with Calvin Harris, which was like the house global DJ. And so combining both of those and that song was dope. And then the fact that they were, you know, gelato was just front and center in that. And I never gave them anything. That was just them. So that was like, that stands out to me for me, that moment in time in my life, it was, it was, uh, it stands out, but man, I could go on and on you know, uh, people like Little Wayne, Gelato. Yeah. I mean, Little Wayne raps really fast. Sometimes you always don't, but for those of you that don't, you know, listen to the songs about three quarters of the way down, but when he starts going in, it's just, it's can't be any more clear. Gelato is my favorite strain. Yeah. And so is love, you know? And, and so things like this that just keep happening. Beyonce, she was talking about Gelato and her couple records, you know, <laughs> six months ago she made, like, it's just, it's cool, you know, and, and it's it's something that I love. It's probably it's probably like one of the greatest gifts like that, you know, doing the work has done to me. It's like I love the connection it constantly um, has, 
you know, with the community. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why the off top is like, yeah, like you said, Wayne. I think I remember the Beyonce, Dolph, Migos. Dolph, Dolph. Yeah, like Dolph, rest in peace, young Dolph. He was awesome dude. I mean, for those of you that don't know, named his whole album Gelato. Yeah. You know, loved it, took it to another level, you know, people like that, that just because they loved the strain, not because of me, not because of whatever, my brand was like, yo, they really loved it. And so they were like, yo, this is me. This is us. This is that shit's it's just it's another level, bro. You know, when you hit something like that and, you know, for me, cannabis is much different than making a hit song or I, I was a movie in a movie or I did something. This is like still to this day there's so much business and so many relationships that are being built through the plant because as the industry grows and now is moving global it's like it's it's changing but people still need genetics people still need to be competitive still all these things haven't changed it's just at a really big a lot bigger level no no for sure for surely man for surely so on that getting back to it what what's kind of the, the future the future hold and, and what are what are some of the plans for the Shabinsky brand? You know, we, we, right now we're heavy just doing licensing deals with you know really good cultivators, finding the best cultivators you know around the country and around the world. A um, couple of big moves that we're going to be doing globally. Uh, the market, the global market, is opened up a lot. You know, I was out six seven years, five six years ago running around the world, you know, Spain, you know, all over the figuring out what's going to happen. It was just really early. Now, fast forward to where we're at, um, you know, the, the political um, climate's changed and a, a lot of these licenses are there. The grows are already built, you know, before, a couple of years ago when I'd go out there, I was looking at dirt and like, oh, this, okay, it's going to be a while. <laughs> now, when you go out there, in, like in Portugal, they got like six, 700 light indoor LED grows all you know living soil they're like they're fucking doing it so um a lot of the work we've done and and what i'm excited about is a lot of the things we've done and the partnerships we made with shabinsky's these licenses and these things you've had to start this process like three years ago to be to go where we're taking this and i'm excited to be able to take like some of my favorite brands like from the us and and you know move into this next um phase of of where we're going with with cannabis and like a lot of these other countries and we've done all this in you know our own states we've done this nationally but now globally it's 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 a different animal you know and, and it kind of it there is a it's sort of like for brands like myself it's what we've prepared for it's what we've doubled down on and it's what the, the vision always was never to be the best brand and you know it's it's to really get our genetics and around the world and share it with people with the medicine that we believe in and to do it in a way with class do it in a way that's professional uh answer our phone you know what i mean answer our emails you know be good business people and you know it that's rare you know in, in any industry but in the cannabis industry especially it's like having people that are just gonna do straightforward business so you know, that's who we look for in license. If you're if you're looking to do a licensing deal out there, if you hear this podcast, we're looking for some good folks, you know, to work with good growers. Um, right now, we're currently in Florida. We partner with the Flowery. Um, we're moving into New York right now with with dispensaries and 
distribution statewide. We're in um, Michigan currently. We just got a deal in Arizona, California, obviously. Um, and we are going to be doing some things in Oregon, even with the fucked up market. There's still shout out to everybody in Oregon. There's still some really good cultivators out there. The concentrate game is really where it's at, like the best of the best with like the concentrate. So we, I, I do want to at least be involved in, and um, we, I've been contributing genetics uh, to some really good cultivators out there. So um, where else? Uh, Boston, um, Mass, we're out in Mass, uh, dispensary out there, Boutique, uh, another company that, that's in our family. Uh, dispensary for for those of you in um, Boston area, go check out Boutique. Um, in Canada, our vapes are one of, the, one of the top selling vapes in the country. We're doing really well. I mean, really well out there. Um, uh, shout out to our partners out there, Fourteenth Round. Um, they did it. They've done an amazing job in the last couple of years to get our brand going out there. Uh, yeah, Canada's exciting. Canada's it's a uh, you know going there and meeting with the whole, you know, the, the people that the government officials really that had been appointed in every aspect from vapes right. to, you know, meeting with them and discussing just all the complexities of what they deal with, with, um, you know, distributing to a country. It's, it's interesting how it's a lot of the same issues on a smaller scale. When you, even when you're talking about a country, a lot of the same, same issues. So it was just talking to them and seeing it from their point of view was interesting. Um, so all these really just to me, um, the next thing is being able to move through the EU GMP um, system and really work like in countries like Canada with really getting the genetics better, get, working with the people that are cultivating um, quality cannabis. And uh, Canada's got a long ways to go, but they're they're there's a lot of groups that are funded and they're they're willing to do the work and get the consultation and they're willing to bring in the good genetics and so um really focused on that um and as these other countries uh develop we'll be able to move that flower into you know a bunch of different uh, emerging markets so that's really what the future is you know and and a lot of the brands that i think i'd like to have come I'm looking to kind of forge that path as well. And there'll be others to do it, but some of these grows are massive. So if you put together the right formula and you're able to scale that slowly, then you don't really need anybody else. You just bring the right brands that, you know, the good people that we want to bring into um, these other emerging markets and, you know, um, and just make sure the quality controls there and, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So over the next year, really dedicating a lot of time and effort to that. Going, going global. Shabinsky's taking over the world with Mario, man. I, I, I really, really appreciate your time again, bro. And like I said, I can't can't give you enough flowers, man. I've smoked so much, so much weed that you're responsible for as as one of my, you know, one of my favorites, if not my favorite. And so, uh, you know, I know I you get love. The I can, appreciate yeah, the love for having me on. I know you get love from, uh, you know, I guess in a lot of pop culture, but again, I still just don't, I, I genuinely don't feel like you get enough, enough love, bro. So, uh, yeah, just have to have to impart that on you. And again, appreciate your time, man. Nah, man, this things like this is, is, is all the love I need. And, you know, um, there's always going to be haters, but there's, there's everywhere I go around the world. I, I meet people that this plan has really touched and changed and, that's more of a payoff than, than any hype shit. So I really appreciate you. It's good to connect with your community. Thanks for having me, man.
Yeah, no doubt. This is the RMR podcast, man. We're, we're you know we're on all platforms. Make sure to tap in, follow, listen to another episode, check out the website. Uh, this is episode eighty three. We'll be back with more soon, man. Appreciate y'all.